have a treat today. JT is going to be reporting on their Brazil missions trip. Let's welcome JT. Thank you, guys. Hey, I don't want to compare, but last night I actually got a standing ovation. So, I'm just joking. There was actually, all the youth like went crazy last night. And I was like, wow, that's never happened before. But hey, it is so good to be back. I had spent the past two weeks in Brazil um, on the Amazon. It was a really, it was a great trip, but it is really good to be back. I missed my family, missed, missed the church, um, but it was a crazy trip. It was a, it was a hard trip. Uh, I, on the way down there, we, we were flying down, and we, we, you know, missed our flight in Sao Paulo, and I had to learn Portuguese really fast so I could get a hotel for us and, and get another flight. Um, uh, this, is, this is our sleeping accommodations for, for much of the trip. You know, Sam, why don't you just go on to the next one? We'll have you do it. That, that's where we slept. Those are deluxe, really nice hammocks. Um, I think they're queen size. Uh, but we had about 30 people on, on those hammocks in this tight little area there. Uh, and according to the Brazilians, we were taking up too much space, which I don't know how that happened. I guess they sleep, like, literally right on top of each other. Um, you can go to the next one. This is our bathtub. That's the Amazon River. It was, it was really nice to bathe in there, except you just had to watch out for the piranhas. They'll, they'll get your feet. That's not true. We didn't see any piranhas. Um, but this, we did meet this guy. You can go to the next slide. That was our friend. His name is Carl. Um, but, and again, according to the Brazilians, he was a baby. That's a, that's a small guy. But we, we, we got to hang out with him for a little bit. You can go to the next slide. This is a six-hour bus drive that we, that we had. We went to... Uh, we went uh, into the interior of the jungle and this uh, non-paved road where we're just bouncing around. Uh, you can tell we looked thrilled to be on that bus. But it was, I mean, it was, a, it was a rough trip. It was really hard. And I know I'm supposed to be selling the trip, and I don't think I'm doing a very good job, but you, you can go to the next one. Uh, we, the truth is it was, it was, it was amazing. We, we really got to minister to people. We got to uh, just invest in the people down there and really see God move in a very, very powerful way. So uh, I loved it. It was, it was one of my favorite trips I've, I've ever, ever been on. So today, uh, we're going to have not a typical sermon. We're going to be talking about Brazil. And we're not going to be just talking about this trip. Uh, we're going to be talking about our church's involvement in Brazil, what we do, our, our uh, view on foreign missions our philosophy on missions, and, and mostly what I want to talk about is how this impacts you, because I, I don't want this to just be, you know, a vacation slides like, look, and that's when we saw the Grand Canyon, and I want this to be something that we can all be engaged, because my hope is that our church, our whole entire church, will be engaged in some level in foreign missions. So, before we jump right in, let me just pray real fast and, and just invite the Lord acknowledge his presence. Well, Holy Spirit, we thank you for just a, a real sweet time in worship this morning. We thank you for meeting with us like you always do. We just ask that you become even more and more real to us. Just expose your heart for the world to us, Lord. We just open up our hearts and our minds to you this morning. Amen. So, before I jump into the trip, I want to talk a little bit about VCDC's philosophy on foreign missions. You can go to that next slide. So why does VCDC do foreign missions? Why do we do foreign missions? You know, there's, there's a number of questions. You can go to the next one, Tim. The, the, there's a number of people who will ask, like, you know, we have, we have so many things going on in our own backyard. There are so many issues that, that we're facing right here in Ohio. Like right here in Sunbury, there's, there's tons of stuff that, that we can put our effort and energy in. Why are we focused um, and put our energy in, in things, you know, across the world that really don't impact us? That's a good question. But really, the reason that we, 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 we put an emphasis on things that happen across the world, not entirely, but the reason that we do things, you know, in, in, in foreign missions is because Jesus very explicitly tells us to. 
Biblically, it is all over the Bible, but I'm just going to, just a few verses where Jesus talks to us about being globally minded. And in, in, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus says, Go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says, Go there and go therefore and make disciples of all nations. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and then he says, and to the ends of the earth. It is clearly, if you read the Bible, a biblical mandate to be globally minded, to not just worry about what's happening in your backyard, but to think about what's happening you know, across the entire world. And that we have this message, this good news that Jesus came and restored our relationship with God that we are supposed to share with the entire world. So it's clearly a biblical mandate. So VCDC takes it very seriously. But what specifically do we do here at this church? Well, we have, a, I think, a, a pretty unique view on foreign missions. Um, our view is we want to be narrow and deep when it comes to foreign missions. Narrow and deep. And that's a phrase we use a lot when it comes to foreign missions. And what we mean is this. You know, a lot of times you'll go to, uh, you'll visit a church and they'll have a, a missions board and they'll have like a map of the world and they'll have pins all over the map. Like, you know, in India and China and Brazil and, you know, Hungary, all over the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But here at this church, we want to invest globally in a very narrow and deep way. We want to take our resources, our energy, and our time and say, we want to, we want to invest in the world, but we want to be, do it specifically. So we have chosen to invest our resources and time in Brazil. We feel like the Lord has put it on our hearts to, to invest in Brazil. And we do have missionaries in Angola as well, but primarily northern Brazil is where we are focused. And, and, and the reason why is because we feel like if we spread ourselves, you know, around the whole world, if we have, you know, a little bit of uh, resources going here, a little bit over here, we don't see a lot of fruit. We won't see a lot of return in our investment. But when we invest heavily in this one area, we have seen just crazy amounts of return for our investment. We've just seen so much fruit happen down in Brazil because we've in invested so much. And really, since we've been a church, we've been investing in Brazil. And, and the truth is, actually, before we were a church, um, my, my dad, who's, who's the senior pastor here, has been investing in Brazil, going down to Brazil for almost 30 years now, working with the missionaries and, and the local leaders. So we have been investing in Brazil very heavily here at this church. And the, the organization that we work with, you can go to the next one, Tim, is, a, is an organization called the Jingu Mission. And the Jingu Mission is it's a, it's a really ma amazing organization. They've partnered with the Vineyard, um, and they're mostly Vineyard, actually, I think all Vineyard missionaries who are part of the Jingu Mission. But they are a church planning mission, meaning... Their main goal isn't humanitarian efforts um, or, you know, things like that. Their main goal is to plant churches. And there's nothing wrong with humanitarian efforts. It's really good. Actually, the Jingu Mission has efforts where they'll bring water filtration systems into, into different villages and solar pa panels to get electricity. But their main goal is they feel like if we can put a church in this village or in this community, it will, it will be sustaining. Like, the church will invest in this community. So we love that. The Vineyard is a church planning movement. We love planning churches. And really, there have been over 100 churches planted in northern Brazil because of the, the, the Jingu mission. So uh, they're going all over northern Brazil. And our church has been investing in them for almost 20 years. Um, and over the last 15 years that our church has been in existence, we have sent seven missionaries or missionary families to northern Brazil, which is awesome. There's seven uh, either missionaries or missionary families that we have sent uh, to northern Brazil. We've sent around 20 short-term mission teams. 
just last year, just out of our tithes and offerings, just out of, out of the tithes and offerings that we have received, we gave over $87,000 to foreign missions. It's a big chunk of money. It's money that we don't see back in our church. We just send it out to foreign missions. And that doesn't even include the, 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 you know, the personal um, checks that you guys have sent out. Or the, the money that we, you know, individuals have, have given to foreign mission. That's just, that's just the, ch- the church, you know, funds. We've sent $87,000 to Brazil and Angola. And because, again, we've had such of a, of a narrow and deep focus on Brazil, we've got to see a lot of, of fruit happen. We've got to see a lot of return in our investment. So one of the ways that we invest is by sending down short, uh, short-term mission teams. Here's our, here's our team from this year. Look, we look all chipper. That's because we haven't left yet. We're all in a really good mood, and we're clean. And here, go to the next one. This is the end of the trip. We're a little tired. We're a little, our backs maybe hurt a little bit. And again, we haven't showered in a couple of weeks, so... That's, uh, no, that was, that was staged. We had a really good time. But we spent two weeks in Brazil, in the Amazon region, um, and we divided the trip into three major parts. Um, the first part, you can go to the next slide, was on the Amazon River itself. And we stayed on that boat right there, um, and it's not a big boat. And like I said earlier, we fit about 30 people on that boat. We slept, and and bathed and did everything on that boat. So one of the main purposes of being on that boat is to connect. You're forced to, to start connecting with the team. We, we also, we had about 10 people from our team. We also had a bunch of missionaries, about, I think, eight missionaries, and we had about 12 uh, just people from Brazil there. And we, you're forced to try to have communication and conversations with the Brazilians and and it really is effective when you're forced to do it. Um, but also what we do is we, we basically just kind of float around the river and look for villages to go share the gospel with. We'll just stop at a village and, you know, we'll, 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 we'll ask if we can dock there. And, you know, they're, they're 99% of the time totally cool with it. And we'll just start having conversations with them, um, asking them, you know, like what they do, like if, they're, if they fish, if they you know, harvest acai, what do, they, what, do, what do they do? And we just start building a relationship, and then we just, we, we love on them. We love on them, and it's an amazing opportunity. It's just, it's so much fun to be on the river, just going around, meeting these, these people. Um, the next part of the trip, you can go to the next one, was in the city of Macapá. Now, Macapá is a bigger city. It's, it's one of the biggest cities in northern Brazil. It's about a half a million people, um, so it's, it is right in the Amazon, you know, region, but it's very developed. Um, and there is, a, there is a, a vineyard church in Macapá called Vineyard Macapá that we have been going to the past couple of years and really investing in. And while we were there, we had a conference. We, we went around the city and just prayed for people. We, we were invited in people's homes and just had really powerful experiences praying for people um, but, but it was more in, uh, in a city environment, less of a rural environment. And so the third part of the trip, you can go to the next slide, is when we went into the interior of the jungle. That's when we took that six-hour bus drive. And the joke is, was it was actually probably technically about a four-hour drive into the jungle, but our bus driver was extremely slow. Um, the Brazilians were like, you know what, we could just get out and walk, and it'll be faster. But this is, this is a, a picture of the jungle, and it's, it's really interesting. You see there's a, some electric lines going through it, but it didn't go through the whole village. So parts of the village were, were there were no electricity, and it was very, very primitive. And there were parts that were, you know, they, they actually have like a house like that with a flat screen TV inside of it. It was interesting. Um, but it's, it, was, it was a really cool village right in the middle of the jungle. Like you have to drive six hours to get there, and there's nothing else around it. Um, and it's, it is a really cool town, and we basically just walked around um, going house to house, asking if people needed prayer for anything, and, and again, people would just welcome us into their home, and, you know, they would say, you know, my mother is sick, or, or you know, we have this thing going on, we just pray for them, and then 
what we did is we had this big, I don't know what you'd call it, we had this big meeting where we, you know, played some games and did some worship, and we gave a really simple and clear salvation message. And we got to see a lot of people give their life to Christ. We baptized a number of people the next morning. And it was just a really cool experience. But the, the, the reason we go there is because there's no church in this village. There's absolutely no church. They have actually church buildings, but no one meets in them. Um, and so our hope is that we can plant a vineyard church in this little village. Um, and it, it, we've gone down there the past two years, and we're committed to keep on going down there because we want to build a community of believers that can, you know, do what we do. You know, connect with each other, love on each other, learn about Jesus together. And we actually, we, there's, a, there's a guy from Vineyard Makapa who just moved down there who's starting a, a Bible study that hopefully will turn into to a church. So that was really fun going down there. But, you know, what we did in all three of this, these places, whether it was on the, the river or it was in the city or it was in the, the middle of the Amazon, was the same thing. And we did the same thing every single place, and it was really simple. We, we would go around, you can go to the next slide, we would, we would give a gospel message. We'd tell people about who Jesus is, you know, what he's done, you know, how amazing he is. A lot of times we'd just tell really simple Bible stories. Sometimes we would give like a really clear salvation message. Sometimes, you know, we would just really rely on the Holy Spirit. What do you want to say to these people today? But we would preach the gospel, and then you can go to the next one. We would pray for people. We would lay our hands on them and invite the Holy Spirit and see how the Lord wanted to minister to them. That was a really powerful experience there. Actually, there was a, a lot of uh, family witchcraft that had been going on in this family. We were able to break a lot of bondage and, and, and power that witchcraft had over this couple, and it was just... It was really powerful. So, and then what we would do is we would just love on the community. Go to the next one. Just love on people. Just go around and, and spend time with them and talk to them, see what they're all about, hang out with them. It was just a real, it's so simple. It was so simple. Just tell people about Jesus, pray for them, and love them. That's all we did. And that, to me, is the reason why we do short-term missions. Because one thing I want to talk about is why we do short-term missions. You can go to the next one. Why, why do short-term missions? You know, if this is one of the ways that we invest in Brazil is through short-term missions, you know, why? I don't know if you've seen, but there's articles that get shared. And I've seen it on Facebook. I've, I've read, you know, magazine articles about short-term missions are a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Like, I've heard stories about how teams will go down and build, you know, an orphanage, and then they'll leave, and they'll feel so great about themselves, and they tear down the orphanage and rebuild it the correct way. Or I've heard things about how, like, you know what? If the work that you would do, if you, the money that you spent doing that work, if you just send it down to someone else, they could get so much more done than what you did. Or, or the idea, you know, even when we were down there, we'd drive around and we would see these church buildings everywhere. And they would say, yeah, missionaries came down and built these church buildings, but they're empty. They're empty. No one comes to them. So a lot of people say these short-term missions are a waste of time. But I, I really disagree. I really disagree. Now let me say this. If our goal was to go build something, or if our goal was to go work and, and, you know, do some kind of trip where we're building something, I don't think that would be the best use of my time. I don't think it would be a great use of our resources. But what we do when we go down is, is something that, that sending a check can never accomplish. Can never accomplish. What we do is all relationship-driven. It is all about relationships. And, and no amount of money, no amount of, you know, people committing to send checks down can ever, you know, do what relationships do. Our, our whole goal is relationally driven. So, so when we go down there, there's three basic things that we do relationally. 
The first thing that we do is relationships with the Brazilian people. We, we invest relationally into the, to the Brazilian people. And, and you know, I know the first time I went down to Brazil, I had this, I don't know if it was a kind of typical American view, but I had this idea of I'm going to reach the Brazilian people. And I just had this lump group, Brazilian people, and I'm going to go reach them. And then I went down there and I, I started meeting individuals. I met Hamon, I met, you know, Diego, I met Gioji, I met Juana, and I said, you're not the Brazilian people, you are just people. And, and, and I began to develop relationships that literally have lasted years. Like I talk on a weekly basis to some of the people I met years ago in Brazil. And, and I mean, now with Google Translate and Facebook and all these things, we're able to continue this relationship. You know, you can put up this next picture. This is, this is a guy named Felipe. He is the pastor of Vineyard Macapá. That's his wife, Juana, and his, his two sons, David and, and Gustavo. And, and they are just an, an amazing family, just a really cool family. And I've, I'm starting to, over the past two years, develop a really close friendship with this family. But he was, like, thrown into the position of, of pastor of this church, and he had, like, no experience, no training. He had no idea what he was doing. It was basically, you know, a, a, a missionary went down there and started a church and just decided to leave. And they said, all right, we have to have a pastor um, Felipe, you do it. And, and he, tried his, he tried his best. He was doing you know, as, as, as well as he could, but the, the amount of investment that we could go down there and say, you know, I don't have a ton of experience. I've been a pastor for about 10 years. Here's what I've learned. It's just been invaluable to him. You can't put a price tag on that. It, he's just been like so thankful. Like Felipe will, will like, you know, follow me around and just ask me questions. Like, hey, I'm I'm having this issue. What do I do with this? And, and it's just my honor and pleasure to be able to, to encourage him and to, to give him, you know, the little bit of training that he's never been able to receive. I mean, it's just, you, you, again, you can't just send a check over because they, they don't have the resources down there for him to be trained. So for us to be able to go do that is just so incredible. Go to the next picture. This is an amazing couple, Fred and Alini. It's actually Fredge, but we call them Fred. Um, they are the youth pastors at Vineyard Macapá, and that is a major undertaking because Vineyard Macapá is about 99% youth. Um, but they're just an amazing couple. They recently gave their lives to the Lord. They're, they're, they have been Christians for, for very long, and it's a similar story. Like they don't, they don't have any training. They don't have any you know, experience, and they're just thrown in. And for us to go and invest in, the, in this awesome couple, and let me just say, these, these two are like world changers. They're world changers, man. I just, they have like so many disciples just following them around. They just go into communities and just, you know, people are drawn to them, and they're so deliberate about, you know, spreading the gospel, and they, I mean, they're, they're, they're really changing the city. And they're actually... They're raising money, or not raising money, they're saving money to, to come to the U.S. They're going to come here, and they want to just spend a significant time here at this church to, to be trained, to, to have some, some, you know, investment into them. And we're, we're going to, you know, pour into those guys. But, like, Fred, Fred and Lini would not be where they are today if it wasn't for our church going down there and encouraging them and, and investing in them. You can go to this next one. This is a guy named Alon. The guy on the right, the other guy is, who's that handsome guy on the left? Um, uh, Alon is a really cool guy, and I, I actually, I met him last year. Actually, I met him a long time ago, but that ruins the story a bit. Um, I met him last year, and we, he was hanging out with a bunch of the musicians. And so I, I started chatting with him, and I said, hey, Alon, are you, are you a musician? And he said, no, no, I'm not. And I said, you don't, you don't play anything? He's like, no. So you're not involved in the worship community? No. Come on, you, you play a little bit. He says, I sing. I sing. And so I had this joke for the whole trip where I would, every time I would see him, I'd say, hey, sing for me. And he would say, no, no. 
And I would see him. I'd be like, hey, sing for me. And he said, no, no. So then at the end of the trip, he pulled me aside. We had a translator. And he said, hey, you probably don't remember this, but about five or six years ago, you met me in a completely different city in Brazil. And I was, I was like, you know, 16 years old. And you prayed for me. And the thing you spoke over me was that God loves to hear me sing. And um, he said, I, it just really spoke to me. And I, you didn't know I was a singer then, but you said, God loves to hear me sing. And I ended up kind of walking away from the Lord and getting involved in some things that I shouldn't get involved with. And I just recently came back to church, and I thought, I thought God was so angry with me. And to hear you say, you know, every time you would say, sing for me, it was a reminder that God still loves to hear me sing. Every time you would just say, sing to me, it reminded me that God still loves to hear me sing. And it, was, it, was, it blew me away. And so this year when we returned, Alon is the worship leader at Vineyard Makapa. Can you believe, isn't that amazing? All because I made a joke of, to tell him to sing to me. You know, God wanted to use us. God wanted us to invest in these people, and he's faithful to use us. He's faithful to use us. And, you know, I, I'm just like, to, I, I don't know Alon very well, but I feel like, like I love him like he's my son or something. I'm just so proud of him. You can go to the next, the next slide. This is Diego and Sijinea. They're awesome. Uh, Diego is probably the person that I've gotten closest to since I've been down there. He is just a servant. I, I really do believe that he is going to be a church planner someday. And Sijinea is, is brilliant. She's actually uh, a doctor. Um, but they're, they're so amazing. They're, they're an amazing couple. And they're actually next month coming to our church. They'll be here for a few weeks. So Diego is kind of, one thing I'll say about him is he, he, he loves to get me to say inappropriate things in Portuguese. <laughs> and so he'll, I'll walk up to someone and he'll say, say this. And somehow I'm saying like, I peed my pants or something. Um, but so I'm very excited about returning the favor to him. So he's going to say some inappropriate things to you guys. Um, but I just encourage you to, to really get to know this, this, this family. Get to know them and invest in them because, man, this is, this is what we do. We are called to invest not just of what's going on here, but what's going on around the world. So the first thing that we do is we invest in the Brazilian people. The next reason why we do these short-term missions is because we want to invest and the, the missionaries who are down there. Like when we went on the trip, one of the people on the trip said to me, like, I kind of knew theoretically that we had missionaries, but I didn't really know that we had missionaries in other countries. Like it's amazing. Like they're amazing people. And the, the, just the ability to go down there and see the hard work that they've been putting in, just to see the labor that they've, they've invested into these communities where they've left their, their families and friends and comforts and, and moved all the way across the world. And for us to go and say, man, good job. This is amazing. And I love what you're doing down here. Like, I can't wait to go tell everybody about what you're doing. Keep it up. It, like, every time we leave, the, the, the missionaries say, please do not stop sending short-term mission teams down. It's like water for us. It like helps us to, re to be refreshed, to keep on going and doing what we're doing. Even just to be able to sit there and talk to the missionaries about, you know, basketball or something that like they'd never have those conversations anymore. Or just to have a conversation in English where their brain isn't like, you know, translating things and they can just, you know, speak those things that are in their heart that they, you know, have a difficult time speaking in another language. It just is invaluable. You can go to the next slide. This is a couple of our missionaries. This is Christopher and Denise. I'm very close to these ones. This is my brother and my sister-in-law. And actually, they are on a plane right now. They are coming back right now to spend a few months back with us. And they, they need it. They've, they've been down there for about three years uh, 
without coming back. Christopher has been down there for five years, and he hasn't been back to the States for three. And I'm not just saying this because he's my brother, but they are killing it. They are just doing an amazing job. Like when they, when they got to, they've been in Vineyard Makapa now for two years. He, he is, you know, I guess he would be kind of the associate pastor there. When he got to Vineyard Makapa, they had 17 people. And it was, it was a really struggling church. And they were doing the best they could, but it was about 17 people, and that was even erratic. But now the church is like, like almost 150 people, uh, and it is just exploding. Like I, I, when I preached there on Sunday, I you know, was kind of in their stage area, and literally there were people just surrounding me. There was, there's not enough chairs to fit the amount of people who are coming. And everyone's just packed in like sardines. And it just felt, it felt like almost like the New Testament early church. I was, I was waiting for someone to fall out of a window. Um, that's, a, that's an axe joke if you... But it, I mean, they're just, they're just amazing. They're amazing. And they've like been asked to like kind of be some of the, the head people in, in the Vineyard Brazil music. Denise is a phenomenal worship leader and she's actually going to lead some some worship here when she comes, and she'll, we'll have to sing a little bit in Portuguese. It'll be fun. Uh, but they're just amazing, and they're, like, for us to go down there and say, we see what you're doing, and we appreciate what you're doing. We love it. Keep it up. Is like, you, a check won't do that. Sending a check down cannot do that. You can go to the next slide. This is Bob Lesher. Bob, we sent down to Makapa about two years ago, and Bob is, again, he's just doing an amazing job. Like, he's still in the process of really learning language and learning uh, customs and, and just, you know, learning the culture. But he is, he's adapting so quickly. Like, the, the people down there love him. He is a workhorse. Whenever there is a job to, to be done, whether it's a, a, a small job like doing some dishes, you have to tell him to stop. Like, hey, let someone else do it. Or, or if it's a big job, like, you know, building something, he's always the first one there. He's just a workhorse, and, and he's been such a blessing. He, he moved to Makapa about a week before we got there, and he is, he's been such a blessing to that church, even in, like, the few weeks that he's been there. So we're, we're so proud of Bob and, and the work that he's doing. You can go to the next one. This, this family is, is Richie and Christy with their, with their kids, Amanda, Hez, and Kaylee. And actually, we didn't send this family out. They're, they're not technically ours, but we've kind of adopted them. You can see Richie is wearing a Vineyard VCDC shirt. And, and the reason is, is because they were sent out by a church in Canada. And uh, when they, they were there for about a couple years, and then the church... Uh, had a, a change in leadership and the new pastor that came in said we don't really know these people and just kind of cut all fundings and cut all the ties they had with this this missionary couple and they've had really no home church since then and Richie has said to me on, a, on numerous occasions like VCDC is my home church VCDC like the the amount of support both financially relationally and through prayer that we have from VCDC the pastoral support that we have is like nowhere else. And he's like said, I mean, like, we don't know what we would do if it wasn't for this church. And so like, it's amazing. Like they're not even from our church, but they are just so energized because we can come down and bless what they're doing. They, they live in a city about, it's a 16 hour boat ride away from Makapa. And it's a city called Portel. Um, we've gone there a couple times. It is a, a kind of a a much more lower class city uh, in a more rural environment. And Richie has a really thriving river ministry where he'll, he'll, he'll go to the different villages around uh, Portel and, and, and just invest in all these little villages. And, and he also has this, the ministry where he goes out and gives uh, the water filtration systems out. So, I mean, they're just an amazing family. And, and like, there are so many people in our church who have just really deep relationships with this, this family. Like, it, it, it's, it's just amazing for them to, to have these short-term mission teams come down for two weeks, and then they have these lifelong friends. 
You know, I, it is, it is, it is amazing. Like, I know every single person pretty much who goes down to Brazil, even if they're like, I never want to come down again. This was miserable. They're always like, I want to support what the missionaries are doing. Like, how can, where can I send a check? Or, or how, can I, how can I get on their prayer chain? Or how can I get on their newsletter? And it is just, it's just every single time the missionaries are blessed by us coming down. The, the third reason we go down is for the benefit of the people on the team. We go down to bless the people down there, but it also blesses the people on the team. You know, you talk to anyone who was on this trip, and they'll say something similar to like, you know, I thought I was going down there to bless them, but I think I was blessed more than they were. You know, you go to the next slide. This is, this is Preston, almost. This is Preston up here. You can go to the next slide. Uh, Preston is, is a member here at the church. He, I think he, he's been going to my men's group for a long time, and I think I had the complete wrong idea of who he was. He just, like, completely shocked me. He was, like, so prophetic, so just willing to jump in and, and, and engage with the people. Like, I always thought he was a little bit shy. He was not shy at all. Like, he made so many close lasting long friends and watching the Lord really use him was, was amazing. And he would say, he, he said, something was, was like woke up inside of me. Like something that had fallen asleep was, was now alive because of this trip. You can go to the next slide. This is, this is Jessica, Jessica Fama. She's just a wonderful, wonderful woman who goes to our church and just has gone through a lot of hard things and and the Lord ministered to her so deeply on this trip. Like so many of the, the hardships that she had been processing through, the Lord really ministered just through this trip. And she, here she is giving her testimony, sharing about these hardships. And they, I mean, so many people, so many of the Brazilian people said, man, what, what Jessica said greatly impacted me. Greatly impacted me. So, I mean, something again inside Jessica was, was, came alive. You can go to the next page. This is Candy. Candy said before the trip that she had just kind of grown dull a little bit in her faith. And she, again, was same thing, same thing. Something came alive. You could see it in her eyes. There was, there was, a, there was something about, and it wasn't just like, isn't this cool? It was something that God was doing through her. To see, you know, the, God is not just the God of Sunbury, that he's this global, huge God just forces you to, to come awake and say, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. You can go to this next picture. This is Bill. Isn't that sweet? Bill just loving on a, a young man in the church. Let me say this, um, just as a little bit of an aside. Brazil is, is really a fatherless nation. There is like... It is, it is an epidemic. Like, it happens here in the States, but not nearly at the rate it happens in Brazil where, you know, a, a father, you know, someone will get someone pregnant and then just bolt. Like, there's just kids who've grown up and said, I don't even, I don't know who my father is. Just kid after kid. And so I know one of the things that Bill was asking me about was like, am I, am I too old for this trip? And I was like, no, no. They need fathers in Brazil. So for, for, for Bill to just hug this young man who probably doesn't have a father was probably so healing. So, I mean, there's not an age limit to go on this trip. We've had, we've had people of all ages, and, and it is so needed to have maternal and paternal figures going down there and just loving, loving on these people. So I want to end with this, just this question. What, what does it mean for me? Why me? What does that mean for you? Like I said at the beginning, I want our church to be a, a church that's full of people that are engaging in, 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 in foreign missions. That it's not just we've sent missionaries out and now we are we're hanging out back here in Sunbury. We are all engaging. 
And so what I think God has is, is really put on my heart to, to share with you guys is I think he wants to challenge us in, in three areas, three ways that we can get involved. And the first one is this. To, you can go to this next one. To consider... Oh, wait, I skipped one. I skipped one. That's Tiffany. I almost forgot about Tiffany. Before I go on, Tiffany, um, this is her third time going down, and I had to keep my eye on her because I, I thought she was going to stay. So every time we were going to go on a plane, I'm like, where's Tiffany? Uh, she's basically already Brazilian. It was amazing. As soon as we got off the plane, there were, there were women there waiting for her with like, gifts because of the impact she had on their life last year. So, I mean, Tiffany, you know, would have said three years ago that she had no desire to, to do foreign missions, that she just thought this sounded like an interesting trip. And now she's like, I don't want to leave. Like God awakened something inside of her. All right, back to what God is challenging us to do. Three areas that God is challenging us or is to consider supporting our missionaries. Consider supporting them. And, 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 you know, we have missionaries, the, the ones that I've mentioned. We have Patty Foltz, who, who's actually here in the States, but she works for the Jingu Mission and, and does a lot of their administrative stuff. And, and, and we also have the Kabakis, who are in, in Angola and are doing a medical mission. But they can't do what they're doing unless we support them. You know, and, and they have... You know, a number of people in this church are already supporting them financially, and, but they, they, they always need more help. They always need more, more help. And what they always say is, the more supporters, the better. Like, if we, what we don't want is, like, one person funding the whole mission. Because if that person leaves, then we are, you know, we're out of luck. But if, they, if we have a bunch of people giving 20 bucks a month, or a bunch of people giving, you know, just a little bit, then if, you know, someone else, you know, decides they don't want to give anymore, we're okay. So, like, I encourage you, like, if you think, I don't have much money, if you have, like, an extra $5 a month, that'll go a long way. That'll go a long way. So consider supporting our missionaries financially. Consider supporting them through prayer. Like, we have prayer cards on our mission wall that you can grab and just, you know, commit to praying for them. Or commit to to signing up for their newsletter and when they send out like this is what we've done over the past you know month to just write an email back they all say like when we get emails back from our newsletter it's so encouraging because we we're not sure if anyone reads them but like to say hey that sounds awesome good job like even just short like i read that that seems cool like consider supporting them in that way because again they left so many of their comforts and they need our support the next challenge is this. Maybe sign up for an interest sheet for next year's team. Like, I know some of you here today, you're hearing how, like, the, the, the difficulties of sleeping in a hammock and, and doing all those things, but there's something that's stirring inside of you. And I just want to encourage you, sign up and say you're interested. And it doesn't mean you're, you, once you sign up, you're on the team and you, you have to go, but just say, I'm interested. I want some more information. And, and let me say, even every time there are people who think, I'd love to go, but I just don't know if I could afford it. Like, I feel like God's calling me to go, but I don't, I don't know if I have the money to do it. Every trip that happens, and let me say, God provides a way. He always provides a way. Like, if it's just your own heart's desire, maybe the money won't go there. But if God is saying, I want you to go to Brazil, he will, he will provide the money. It happens every year. Third thing is this, and is the last, the last day that we were there, we were talking, and I was, you know, sharing just some thoughts I was having about the trip, and a lot of the people were saying, like, I mean, I don't want to leave the mission field. Like, I, this stuff that we're doing is, is so much fun, and I, and I don't want to leave this. And I felt like the Lord put it in my heart to share with these people and say, you can be a missionary right where you are. And the, the Lord really encouraged me to share this with you guys, to view your, you know, your neighborhood, your, your workplace as the mission field. God is calling us all to be missionaries, to go and spread the gospel. 
So to, to, to look and see that, like, maybe my school is my mission field. Maybe, you know, when I'm, when I'm at the grocery store, that's my mission field. But to say, where am I at today? That's where call, God is calling me to be a missionary right now. And, I, and, 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 and on that thought, I just want to end with this picture. Um, you know, when we got to Makapa and I was praying and asking the Lord to, to, you know, just speak to me. He gave me this picture for the people in Makapaw, and I felt like God wanted me to share it with us, that the picture that we had for them could also be the picture we have for this church. And I just saw um, people with these wicks on their finger, like little candle wicks. There's these tiny little flames. These tiny little flames of the... the it just seemed really insignificant. Like, it wasn't like this burning, crazy fire. There's just little, little wicks with little, little tiny flames. And then as people walked around the city and just did what they were doing and, you know, engaged with people, they would just have these little touches. These little touches here and, here and there. And they just kept on doing it and kept on doing it. And then they turned around and looked, and the whole city was just engulfed in flames because of these little flames that these people carried. And I felt like the Lord was saying, that is, that is my spirit. That is my presence. And, and you carry my presence with you. And it might seem somewhat insignificant, but it can, it can, it, those little flames can, 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 can engulf a whole city. And I felt the Lord was challenging us as a church to think, what can I do with this, these little things that I have, these little touches and they're not insignificant. They, they can do so much for the kingdom of the Lord. So why, why, why don't we stand? You know, there was a theme throughout the trip about God setting a fire in our hearts. Like even the, the song that we just kept on singing was that song, Set a Fire. And I feel like what the Lord wants to do this morning is to set a fire in our hearts. Not, and not just for missions, but just in general. Like, I, I just have, I have such a, a, a feeling that there are people here in this room who have grown dry, who just feel like, man, I, I, I feel like I once had a fire in my heart. Like, I was this burning passion to serve the Lord, and it's just kind of dwindled out. I don't know what it is, but I just don't have that desire like I once had. And God wants to reignite that fire this morning. He wants to reignite that fire in your heart. There's a second group of people, and they're, they're people who feel a stirring to, to, to foreign missions. Like you feel like maybe God is calling me to be a missionary. And I want to invite you up to get prayer as well. The people who maybe have felt dry, I want to invite you up, and the people who feel maybe a calling to foreign missions. But I also feel like the Lord wants to to do some physical healing this morning. I, want, I think he wants to just demonstrate his power and his love to us this morning. So if you are sick, if you have any kind of chronic disease, if you are in pain, I think the Lord wants to do some healing. I think there's healing available for us this morning. So if any of those things apply to you, whether it's you want that fire to be reignited in your heart, if you want some kind of healing or if you feel a call to form missions, I want to invite you forward to get some prayer. So we're going to end the service with a little bit of worship, and I just invite you to worship with us and to come and receive prayer.
Lord, I just pray that you ignite that fire in our hearts. Just the fire to engage globally like you are, Lord. The fire to engage right where we are. Lord, for those of us who maybe we didn't even leave our seats, but for those of us who feel like that fire has, has gone a little bit dim, we just I pray, Lord, that you fan those flames. We just pray for more passion to do your work. More of that passion to serve you, to draw close to you. Just as Jeremiah said, we pray that that fire would even just shoot out of our bones. Lord, we thank you for, for our missionaries. We thank you for, for sending them out, Lord. And we just ask that you help us not forget them, to remind us of them and that we can pray for them and support them, Lord. And we, we, we don't take lightly the sacrifice that they made. So we thank you for that, Jesus. And Lord, we just, and, and, and two, I just pray for the people who feel like that stirring in their heart towards missions. And, and, I, and I feel like there's some people who have even, you're sitting in your seat right now and you're saying, you felt that stirring, but you thought, no, that's not the Lord. I just want to I want to just say right now, that that is from the Lord. We just pray for more. We just pray for more. In the name of Jesus. So Lord, we just ask that you be with us today and this week as we just go on with our lives, Lord, and help us not forget what you are doing. In your name, amen. Well, bless you guys. Fathers, happy Father's Day. Have a, have a wonderful day. We hope you feel really spoiled and appreciated. Um, and as you leave, pick up your gifts, fathers. And, and again, I just want to remind you, if there's a, a bit of a stirring in your heart, sign up to get more information about next year's team on the info counter. You'll see a little Brazil flag.